Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Uh, we want to continue our series this morning, uh, being rich in what matters most. And this is part two this morning. If you didn't get part one, you can go to the podcast. This morning, the title is The Deceitfulness of Riches. And we're going to look at a couple of words that Jesus spoke about in a moment's time. But I want to bring to our attention again some teaching out of Matthew chapter 6 because I just think there's a powerful principle in here that if you can get it, it changes your life and your relationship to God. Amen. It says this in Matthew chapter 6. It should be up on the screen. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Another translation from the Living Bible says it, I like this for that last little bit there. It says, if your prophets are in heaven, your heart will be there too. So the take-home that we looked at last week before we went any further is wherever my treasures are directed, that's the direction in which my heart will follow after. Wherever my money is pointed, that's where my heart will be. And Jesus says, make sure that your treasure is pointed towards heaven so that your heart will be pointed in that direction. We made the comment last week that uh, we've been coming to church for many, many years now and really don't struggle with the thought of getting to church on Sunday morning. And we attribute that to the fact that every week we bring our first and our best to the house of God. Every week as a family, since we've been married and beyond that, every week we tithe, we bring our first and our best to the house of God. We invest our treasure in the house of God and that's why I believe it's so easy for us to come to church most Sundays. Amen. Just a disclaimer there, Ollie. But most Sundays, why? Because our treasure is invested in the local church here. Therefore, our hearts follow. Amen. Because wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be as well. Amen. So that's why we're doing this series about being rich in what matters most. And last week, we, we started with some incredibly good news, and I want to share it with you again today, the incredible good news for everybody under this incredible building that we're in. And also, don't forget, uh, December 1st is a Sunday service you will not want to miss, all right? December the 1st, put it in your diary if you haven't. You can get your phone out now. December 1st will be probably the second biggest announcement in the life of the church just to encourage you with that. But here we are under this building and the good news is that all of us right now, the good news is that every one of us in this building is rich. Every one of us in this building this morning is rich. That's the good news. That's the incredible good news. When you think of, you should have a smile on your face, right? Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm rich. I am so rich. You might be here this morning and thinking, well, no, I'm not that rich. Well, I want to give you just a few little thoughts, um, a global perspective, if we could. The, the truth is this. If your annual income is $33,000 a year and above, you're in the one top percent of wage earners in the world today. Right? If your salary is over $33,000 a year, then you're in the top 1% of the world's wage, owner, uh, wage earners today. If you earn over $80,000 a year, you're in the top one-tenth of the one percent. In fact, the truth is that we are so rich, we have that many rich people opportunities, it's crazy today. Hello. 
complaining about our coffee machine not working properly. Not getting the right espresso. Netflix just isn't working the way that I want to. I can't watch my favourite series. We talked about last week how the fact that, you know, we'll finish the service today, we'll jump in our car, we'll turn on our air conditioner, we'll drive towards our home, we'll get our remote control garage opener, we'll push it, the garage will go up, we'll drive in, we'll go to the refrigerator, we'll look at our favourite meal, we'll bring it out and we'll turn in our favourite Netflix series and watch it for the afternoon and we think we're not rich. We are so rich and so wealthy and so well off, it's incredible how wealthy we are. And that's the good news. But I want to share with you as well the bad news today because just as there's good news in being rich, I want to share with you this morning the bad news. The bad news that I want to give you this morning is this. You are rich. Crazy. The good news is you're rich. The bad news is you're rich as well. The good news is we're rich, but the bad news is that we're rich as well. Why is it bad news that we are rich? Because being rich and not understanding the priorities of our wealth can have significant spiritual effects in our relationship to God. Our riches make it harder for us to depend on God, which means we t tend to depend more on self, and that's dangerous. Another significant thing that happens from being rich, as we all are, our riches can distract us from true priorities. We have so many rich people opportunities. And the third thought that we looked at last week as well, lastly, we learned that the more that we have, the more that is expected from us. Amen. Jesus said, to whom much is given, much is expected. Smile at me this morning. Amen. To whom much is given, much is expected. We are so rich. So today I want us to look at the issue, a very important one, of the deceitfulness of riches. Noting what Jesus said about riches in the parable of the sower in Matthew chapter 13. Let me read it to you this morning and we're just about into our conclusion, sort of. He says, Now he who had received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and becomes unfruitful. Listen to what Jesus says there about riches and potentially what it will do to the word of God within us. It has the potential to choke the word so that we become unfruitful. I thought about that word choke there. To starve, to cut off, to kill. It sounds exactly like Satan's plan for our lives, to rob, steal, and destroy. Jesus says here that riches can be incredibly deceitful with the power to be able to choke someone, to wither up the Word of God, the presence of God in a person's life. The world wants us to serve money because if the world can deceive us into its system, we'll become entrapped in debt and in bondage. That's the world's system. God doesn't want us to live in that system. He wants us to be free and to use our riches in what really matters most. The truth is, if we get caught in that system, we will buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. The truth is this, money competes for the priority of our hearts. 
Listen to it again. Money competes. Your money, my money competes for the priority of my heart. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, 24, he said, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted and despise the other. And I want you to say it aloud with me this morning. What does he say after that? You cannot serve both money and God. You cannot serve both money and God. Oh, we just all meant to be just poor and impoverished and no. Matthew, First uh, uh, Timothy chapter six talks about God giving us all things for our enjoyment. Aren't you glad about that this morning? All things for our enjoyment. God wants to enjoy all the things that He's given to us, but we need to understand that we've been given riches for a purpose. Amen. Not just to spend on ourselves. Jesus said this because he knows that money is the number one contender of our heart. Money is a false God because it promises only what God can give. Our money promises us only what God can give. And I want to touch on just two of them this morning, two very, very quickly. Our money promises us happiness and joy. That's what money promises, that you, you have more money, you'll have more happiness and more joy. How many of us thought or would confess that if we just had a little bit more money, life would be great? I could get that bigger boat. you get that new jet ski. If I just had a little bit more money, I could have the latest iPhone 2, 3, 10, 11. I went to the shops the other day. And I, I, I must be so out of touch because I had to get my daughter to read the price tag twice for me. I said, are you telling me that that iPhone is worth $2,500? And I said to the salesman, please speak slowly. I'm a little bit older. $2,500 for a phone. I said, who would buy those? He says, lots of people. I said, that's crazy. Two and a half thousand dollars for a telephone. But if I just had more money. Truth is this, who's found things that when we buy them that we don't really need always come with a short happiness shelf life? When we invest into stuff for ourselves, we just think, I need this thing. Marty's got that thing. I want that thing. Please, I need that thing. If he's got that, then I need to have that. Or such and such down the road, they're driving this new car and look at them and we need that new car. But then you get the new car, unless it's a ranger, you get the new car and you'll have it for like two or three months and every week you're out there washing the thing and you're looking at it every week and then you get down three months' time. And now you're thinking of ways to get it washed by somebody else. <laughs> it's not that such a great car after all. And I'm really not that happy now because I've got all those big repayments. See, when we invest in just stuff for ourselves, and hear my heart, I'm not saying, you know, don't go and go to a restaurant or buy some clothes. But if we get caught up in the world system of trying to make ourselves happy by buying stuff for ourselves and we think that we'll be happy because of that, then we're going to come far short in our happiness. Because only God can provide happiness. Who's found, though, when you take some of your wealth and you invest it in 
someone, a cause, you just give it to this, this cause or this person, that there's a whole new level of happiness. Because Jesus said, it's far greater to give than it is to receive. In fact, he says it like this, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Blessed as in happy. So money promises us that it can provide happiness and joy, but the truth is only God can provide happiness and joy. The world says, buy stuff and you will be happy. Jesus said, no, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. I'm thinking of a gentleman many, many years ago, some of the folk that are a little bit older would remember his name, Rene Rifkin. One of the wealthiest people in Australia at the time tragically committed suicide, killed himself, had, had it all, but in reality had nothing. He's noted as saying, money doesn't make you happy. Just helps sometimes when you're sad. How sad is that? Money won't make you happy. Only God will make you happy. Amen? Amen. Stats on lottery winners. You know, studies have proven time and time again that people that have won lottery, wouldn't that be amazing? 70 million bucks just like that. Wow. But studies have proven time and time again for those people that have had this, this bump in their wealth and their bump in these, their riches hasn't necessarily led to them being happier. But money will say, the more that you have of me, the happier you'll be. The more that you buy, the happier you'll be. No, our happiness comes from God and Him alone. Amen. That's the first thing. The second thing that money promises us the second thing that it promises us, money claims that if we have enough of it, it will provide our security. If you have more of me, more of money, you will be more secure. Hello? If you have more dollars in the bank, you will be so secure. But listen to Paul's comments to the young pastor in Timothy. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, it says this, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. We can put our trust and our security and our sense of security in the money that is in our bank. But Paul says, don't trust in uncertain riches who can change just like that. Money tells us that if we have more of it, we will be more secure. From my experience, I have seen too many people that have had a suddenly in their lives. And then all of their hope and all of their trust and all their security and their money, their life is all wrapped up in their money and then suddenly a diagnosis. Suddenly a downturn. Suddenly a change in their lives and all of that security, all of that focus, all of that energy that they had in their money now is turned upside down. Because only God can provide security for you. Amen? Only Him and He alone can provide security for us. Money can give you now, but money can't give you tomorrow. Thanks. Money can give you now, but money can't give you tomorrow. And again, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be smart in investing and saving and preparing for tomorrow, but don't put all your trust in money because our real security comes from God and God alone. I love this scripture here. It says, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? 
It's even a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. James chapter 4, talking about the uncertainty of tomorrow. We can put all of our hope in money. Put all of our hope in God and then allow him to challenge us about how do we honor him with our money. <laughs> Amen? So money provides or promises to provide what only God can give. So this morning, I want to just give you three little signs as we conclude today. What are the signs I might be trusting money more than God? Is that okay? What are possibly the signs that I'm trusting money more than God? Then we're going to give you the antidote, the antidote to keep back the deceitfulness of riches into your life. Amen. Hallelujah. But the first little thought is this. How do we know that we're starting to trust money more than God? People who love and trust money feel like they never have enough. They never have enough money. You always feel like you have not got enough. In fact, the wisest man in the Bible nailed it like this. Solomon said this in Ecclesiastes 5.10. He says, he who loves money or she who loves money shall never have enough. The foolishness of thinking that wealth brings happiness. The more you have, the more you spend right up to the limits of your income. It could be an indicator that you feel like you've never had enough. Continually feeling like there's lack. Can I just give you a little thought? Take it home, put it on your screen, on your fridge. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. Remind yourself every day, godliness with contentment is great gain. If you are content with what you have now, it leads to great gain. Hello? So stop looking at, at the shores and saying, I wish I was like them and I wished I had the spa and I wished I had the car and the house with the view over the ocean. I wished I was like them and why aren't I like the shores? That's crazy stuff. Be thankful for what you've got now. Amen? You know, we, we often think about that and go, oh, look, you know, how does that work? Well, what parent here would just keep giving to their child over and over and over again without them ever being appreciative for what they've got? Wouldn't you wreck them? They'd be spoiled brats. You'd want to chase them around the house with a wooden spoon. Bring back the good old days. I can say it in here. Hallelujah. I can say a lot of things in here. And I probably will. Our Father in Heaven's just the same. You say, you don't like that old car? I bless you with that old car. Don't you remember I gave you that old car? You got it for that beautiful price. I'm like, no, this old car's a bomb now. I want a new car. God's like, well, why don't you just be thankful for that old car? And as you're thankful, I'll give you the insight and the resources and the ability to be able to prepare to buy a new car. But be thankful with the old one first. Are you thinking of a new car? Oh, okay. It's true, though. It's true. I don't know, just a Land Cruiser? <laughs> Certainly not an Isuzu. <laughs> just about done. Is this okay? I just, just, it's so, the deceitfulness. Deceitfulness, just deceitful. Drawing us in wooing us, confusing us. That's what happens. So we need to get a handle 
on our money. So people who love and trust money feel like they never have enough. Number two, people who love money find it increasingly difficult to give. Studies have proven that the more people have and the larger incomes they have, the less they give than those that are on a lower income. The more you have, the less likely you are to give. That's crazy. That's not in every exception. But statistically, it's proven that the more people have, the less likely they are to give. So when you trust money, the less likely you are to give. People that find it difficult to live, live in the one-day arena. The one-day arena, one day when I get a pay rise, I will give. One day when my credit card is paid out, I will give. One day when I receive a windfall, I will give. One day when my car is paid off, I will give. The problem is that we love our stuff that much that we fear giving because we fear that if we give, we'll lose something when we give. But no, listen to what Jesus says, Luke chapter 6, verse 38. He says, but the words of Jesus, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom with the same measure that you use, it will be given back to you. Give. Giving breaks the power of loving God. Excuse me. Giving breaks the power of loving money over God. It also leads to greater blessings in so many ways. So the third thought this morning is this. If I could just have the band to come back up, that would be great. Third thought is this. Is my heart a little bit misdirected towards my money? Am I being misdirected in being rich in the right things? Am I rich in the things that matter the most? Number three, third thought. You, you may have money in the bank, but you've got no peace in your heart. The more you have, the more you start to believe that it's all about you. In fact, Proverbs chapter 15, verse 16 says, Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. Don't you love that? If you have money in the bank but no peace in your heart, it proves that you have misdirected trust. You're trusting money over God. <clears throat> Let me just bring this scripture to you again. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Paul speaking to Timothy. And he says this. <clears throat> Listen to it again. Who's rich? The rest of you are too scared to put your hand up because you think if you put your hand up, the person next to you goes, can you buy me coffee today? <laughs> can you take me out for lunch? You're a rich person. <laughs> We are all rich. It says, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty or proud, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, listen to it, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Thank you, Father. Amen? Thank you, Father. All things to richly enjoy. But he says, Let them do good that they may be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Listen to that there, that they may lay hold on eternal life. And think about what that's saying there. 
Think about what that's saying there. The bottom line is if you honestly believe that more money will so solve most of your problems, we're under the influence of money because money will not solve most of our problems. What will solve all of our problems is more of Jesus. What will solve more of your problems is not more money in the bank, more of Jesus. Amen? So you can enjoy it all. Take that boat. Take that new four-wheel drive. I don't know. Is it happening? Or not? <laughs> you know, take whatever. Go and enjoy it. He says he liberally gives us all things for us to enjoy. Oh, that's awesome. But don't presume that it's all about you. If he comes knocking and says, hey, mate, I want your car. Have the Commodore. Funny one. <laughs> and you know, this, this sort of preaching just freaks me out a little bit as well because I go, well, God, what about if you ask for, wow. Because again, it's all His. So if he wants me to sell my house and move somewhere else, far out. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Hear me this morning? So more money is not the answer. More Jesus is the answer to everything that you face in your life and in your world. Amen. God gives us richly all things for us to enjoy. This is the kicker. This is the antidote. This is the thing that I want to leave you with this morning. What can we do to keep deceitfulness, the deceitfulness of riches from our lives? What can we do to keep the deceitfulness of our riches from our lives? Good thought. Don't bring it up just yet. What can we do? Well, I want to share a principle out of the Word of God with you this morning. It's from the, uh, from the Old Testament. It's Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 23. It says, Bring this tithe to eat before the Lord your God at the place he shall choose as his sanctuary. This applies to the tithes of your grain, new wine, olive oil, and the firstborn of your flocks and herds. Listen to this. The purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your life. Oh, well, it's law, it's the Old Testament. Absolutely. I love it. It's just the blessings that come out of tithing. It's just profound. But that's the purpose of it. Teaches me to put God first in my life. As I come every week and bring our first and our best, that teaches us to keep Him first. God doesn't need our money, but he wants what it represents, our hearts. What did Jesus say? Where your treasure is there, your heart will be. You're getting it this morning. Come on, are you getting it today? There's that thought there. Where your treasure is there, your heart will be. God doesn't need your money, 
but it represents your heart. He wants you to trust Him. He wants you to trust Him. Because He's given us all things for us to enjoy. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Amen? Scripture's still up there? Just back to the one before, please. Purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your lives. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just so thank you. You are so generous. You are so kind. Your thoughts and your plans, Lord, are just, just incredible for each of our lives. That you have blessed us with so much, Lord. And you want us to enjoy all that you've blessed us with. But Lord, help us to understand that we are owners of nothing, but just stewards of everything. Today, Lord, if money is trying to compete for the, the dominance of our hearts, help us to push back on that today and say, now as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And then we're going to take our riches and we're going to use them to bring honor to you, whatever that might look like, Lord. So today, Father, we just thank you for all of your blessings, for all that you bless us with. We are so blessed and so thankful today. In Jesus' name, amen.